Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out a bad seat, a broken date, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad at a bad day, bad lie, bad do, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios in New York City. Millions of Americans find us home of their dreams with their help. They can help you to rock and mortgage, push button, get mortgage. People dressed in plastic bags, directed traffic, some kind of fashion shake it up, should do bit. All my friends that come around, fudge, fudge, party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess, it's time to tatter. My brain just splattered all over Manhattan. Should do be shake out. Ooh. Are you with us tonight from New York? 855. 855- 2124CBS brought to you by Geico. Great news. You can save a bunch of money if you switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. So I'm watching this uh, Rodman thing. It, did that air tonight or is it just a rerun of it? The 30 for 30 about Rodman. Because, uh, like, it's highly unfortunate that I can't uh, watch the rest of it because. You can catch it on the app. Yeah, I can watch it on the app. Oh, it's been out for a few months. So here's the deal. Like, I, I'm sure I'm not on the uh, show or whatever, but uh, you got to understand, like, I was really good friends with Dennis, and uh, and I did the Robin World Tour. So I was, you just didn't know me. I'm, I'm really old. So I was the, I had long hair, I smoked a ton of chronic, and I surfed, and I just absolutely had all the chicks and trouble you could imagine. I was just a rock star. And I mean, I hosted everything. I did it all. Rock and jocks, a summer. How? What did it? What did they call that thing? The summer beach house? I don't even remember. That's how high we were. Like I'm just being honest, right? Let's get it out in the open. Uh, I, I was just a just absolute trouble, 100% personified. And he was at the. Uh, you know, he was at that time losing his mind. Right? You got to remember. He had, like, left Chicago, right, and then or uh, Detroit and went to San Antonio, right? And then he started, you know, I mean, let's just face facts. He started freaking out, right? He started painting his hair and dressing like a woman and everything else. Did he not do all that? He started losing it. Like, he was, they were having him, you know, different hairdo every day, wearing dresses. He was doing all this stuff. At the time, that was just absolutely unheard of. Do you understand? So... You have to remember, like, nowadays people can do that stuff and no one cares, right? Cross-dressing, you know, transgender, all that stuff means nothing to me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm unfazed. I really am. Like, I, I don't care what anybody does. Gay, straight, black, white, green, orange, purple, you know? Seriously, I'm like, I, I've seen it all. Do you understand? I lived, in, <laughs> I lived in San Francisco, man, and I lived in L.A., and I lived in New York my whole life, right? So what more have I seen than you? Uh, a lot more. So here's the deal. When he, when he lost his mind, right, remember they, they suspended him, and he just was just absolutely nothing but trouble. Do you remember this stuff? So then he went to the Bulls, right? And won championships with Michael Jordan. Is that about right? 
So I, when, when he finally stopped playing, I mean, he was a raging alcoholic. Do you understand? Like, you have no idea how much booze this guy drank. I mean, I, Mafia, you were never with me, but I mean to tell you, I did shows with him in a Tahoe. We went to Tahoe together. This is all I remember. It's a long time ago. I went to Tahoe with him once, and uh, we, I did this celebrity golf tournament. <laughs> so they... Let's just say I only got invited once, okay? I went there with him, and I had I had Mike Shanahan on the show. I had everyone on the show. It was I had them all on, Barkley, you name it. Everyone did the show, but I was with him, right? So he went with me to Tahoe, and he literally, we literally, I mean, we drank like, I mean, 500 bottles of scotch and did every, like everything you can fathom Everything you can fathom, we did. Anything, felonies, you name it, we did it. We did it all. I mean, everything. Drugs, strippers, porn stars. I mean, it was all happening. And uh, (laughs) I never got invited back, let's just say that. To this day, they still have that golf tournament, right? That's what it is, that celebrity thing in the summer, right? So uh, then, I told you the story many times, right? I'm at his house one day in Newport Beach, and uh, there, there was a huge party, and everyone was naked and skinny dipping and doing bad things. Again, a lot of bad things. And then uh, the police raided the party, right? And I ran naked from his house up the beach shoreline. <laughs> Newport Beach, California. Stark raving naked, I ran. And I crossed the PCH, and I got picked up in a car, and I drove home to my house in Huntington Beach, and I walked up my driveway from that car, stark raving naked, into my house, banging on the front door naked at 3 in the morning. That's some pretty disgusting stuff to start the show with, isn't it? I mean, overall, I would think, like on this holiest of Christmas holidays. <laughs> I don't think, Carver, I, did that make the show? I don't think it made the, the show, all the bad things I did with him. I doubt it. It didn't make the final cut? I'm sure it was left on the floor, yeah. But it was close. You're, what you're saying is we have a chance. I mean, there's a chance that maybe they showed some highlight or something from one of these shows. Maybe I missed maybe it. Maybe you're in it, but I mean. But most of the stuff you're saying is, is cutting room floor. Probably. Like a lot of the movies I did. A lot of the scenes were ended up on the floor. Yeah. Listen, Mike, thanks for at least uh, remembering that I had a chance. Well, listen, yeah, you cut all those scenes in CSI Miami. What were you in the show for, seven minutes? I mean, you probably shot there for hours and hours. 16 and hours I, a day. Like you were in the show for six or seven minutes, right? It was a strong effort. Not even, probably. There's a lot. Of, I had clothes on at that point and a short haircut. I'm, I'm making progress with my acting career, I got to tell you. I got a lot of surprises coming too in the in the coming weeks in terms of my acting career. Uh, but I, I just want to say lastly, really quickly, I love Dennis Rodman. He's one of the funniest people I ever hung out with in my life. Mafia, you met him. Like he came to visit me. Don't I, tell yeah, people I when he came in with Dice when am, they were doing the Celebrity Apprentice. They came in. Am I making this stuff up? Like he loves me. No, he had a great time with you. He remembered, you know. Remember most of what you guys did together. Obviously, I don't think either of you remember everything. I'm sure there's stories that you don't even remember because right. of all the things that were happening. As but what did you think when, up? like, I find because I had told these stories before and everyone thinks I'm lying, and then the next thing you know, he walks into my studio. Did he not? He did absolutely. He was cool with you. He, you know, remembered you and 
You know, you guys were talking about some of the times back in the day. Right. So there you go. All that's true. All those stories are true. And anything else you hear is not true. And then the three, you know, the two of you were comparing notes with Dice on uh, some of your right. misdeeds. And yeah. it was an interesting interview for sure. Dice was enamored with us that he couldn't believe that Dennis Rodman actually hung out with me. That uh, he was friends with me because, you know, I guess he doesn't like respect uh, maybe like radio people or something beyond Howard, right? So, like, I was there at Howard Stern, so he came and did the show, and then we I became friends with him because of that, right? Wasn't that pretty much how I became friends with Dice was through Dennis? I think so. There you go. All right, so tonight, uh, Ed Kratz, he's on, right, Carver High, talking uh, Eagles. Eagles-Cowboys. He's the Eagle Maven. Uh, he's on at 1040, 11.03 Eastern. Uh, the young Gelt Militia is back on the bench in the biggest way possible, waxing poetically. Brian Geltziler of uh, NBA Radio on Satellite. I forget the name of the Satellite Company. Uh, Kenny White, our good friend from Vegas at 1240 Eastern, 940 Vegas time from KennyWhiteSports.com. He's um, our good friend in Sin City that's got a massive gambling problem. I take it we're doing the uh, bowl blowout with him. All right. Uh, NFL Pro Bowl selections are out. We'll talk about that. The Lions are bringing uh, Fat Matt back. Uh, reports say the Dodgers and Red Sox have talked about Mookie Betts, a deal, and Ryan Day says Justin Fiedel will be 100% for the time they uh, hook up with Clemson in the in the playoff, and Hayden Fry has passed away at 90, the legendary former coach who I used to cover when I was at Indiana University with the hurry and Hoosiers of Bill Mallory. Uh, Hayden Fry, gone at 90, rest in peace. 855-212-4227. My final show of the year tonight is a uh, Pharrellmas and Happy Pharrell Year special. Also, just in time uh, for that, I have come down with a cold. Oh, very important that I tell you about. Uh, and when I and when I'm sick, uh, because I'm sure someone around here got me sick. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4CBS. Uh, I'm watching the end of this Nets game. It's 93 apiece in uh, New Orleans. And uh, they're on the road, obviously, the Nets. Tied up, and the Nets have the ball, last possession, under 15 and counting. Let's see what they do here. See if they can get it done against this crappy team. Let's face it, they are crap. I mean, they've been one of the worst teams in the league. Dinwiddie from deep brick air ball. What was that? What was that? He shot. Did you see that shot? Where, he shot it from half court. What was he thinking? Like, how about trying to get a shot off? Like, how about like a like a normal shot, like within thirty feet? What was that? That was like forty five feet out, wasn't it? Did you see that, Carver? Did you see that play? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the clock was running out. No. Uh, well, I don't know, but they called no foul, nothing. Look at this. Look how far out he was. It was all air. I know that. But he got like tackled when he shot it. Is that not a foul? Yeah, I don't know how there wasn't a foul on. I have a bigger problem with no foul. How how is that not a foul? I mean, he got mauled. He had time there. He put it up with about two seconds left. What was that? I mean, do you not move the ball around try to get a better shot than that? What was that? That's just isolation ball hog madness, is it not? Anyway, um, so, Carver High, uh, do you have an uh, opinion at all about uh, 
me having a, just, it would appear, a slight cold that I've received out of nowhere. It is what it is. It's your last night here. But I haven't had, like, it's been a long time, I think, basically, overall, you and I don't really get sick that often. No, Mafia's the one who gets sick. Mafia gets sick a lot, but you and I don't get sick a lot. Uh, I am, uh, I'm amazed that I'm, that I'm sick at some capacity. I have something going on here with the throat and nose action. <laughs> All right, so anyway, I know you're excited about my, my health uh, overall. Just in time for the holidays, you know? Uh, it's great. My son has it. I have it. Uh, I'm blaming him at this point. I really can't blame anyone here at work. But maybe it's the new counters that got me sick. Maybe they have asbestos on them or something. They've given me a, a cold. Jack in Houston, you're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how's it going, Farrell? Hey. I hear you're sick, but, you know, it's cold down here in Houston today, too, you know. Yeah, you don't know anything about cold in Houston, Texas, okay? You're fine. I don't. I'm just complaining for the hell of it. Yeah. I there's there, the there's no cold there. Down. Go ahead. No, it's not. If it gets in the if it gets in the seventies, people get cold here, you know. Yeah, like it's really like I mean that's uh, if I lived in Houston, the last thing I'd be worried about is cold. It's like listening to someone from Florida tell me it's cold when it's like fifty five. When it's fifty five here, it's a perfect day to go to a tailgate party and a football game in a sweatshirt. You know, when it's forty here to me, it's still I wear shorts. I, I'm wearing shorts right now. In fact, Mafia, did I wear a coat tonight? As it's freezing ass outside, did I no, even wear no coat? No pants. I usually don't wear shoes either. I come to work in flip-flops, shorts, and no coat. And um, you don't know anything about cold. And I do. I'm an official uh, meteorologist. Is that a word? Uh, person that handles the weather here in New York. And I told you, all the weathermen are liars. I am the gauge. The true gauge of weather is based on, Carver High says, if I wear pants, it is uh, blizzard conditions. The only way I'll wear pants is if there's a blizzard. The only way I'll wear uh, shoes is if there's a blizzard because I have to wear snow boots. So what did you want to say about the Cowboys? Okay, well, I mean, I'm a long-time Cowboys fan. I mean, I, I've been a Cowboys fan since I was about six years old. I'm almost 60. And I just wanted, you know, we've been waiting all year for a team to show up like they, they did this weekend. And I'm just wondering if there's any reason for me to get hopeful that that'll happen again because I see the talent finally rises to the top. But the coaching has been so abhorrent that I think that they, they couldn't put this together until they had to. And I just don't know if it's, it's sustainable or not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll be honest with you that uh, I, you know, I know everybody wants to blame Jason Garrett for everything because that's the natural, easy way out. That's the uh, automatic, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, behind door number one, right? But behind door number two, I think, is your, uh, is your players. And behind door number three is your... Uh, defense, right? Like, so uh, no one wants to blame the offense because they rack up all these yards, right? They have a great offense, one of the best in the league. They have the most productivity, all the rest. So it's definitely not the offense's problem. Uh, according to everyone that says anything, they say they have the best offense in the NFL, which I don't believe at all for one minute. But the defense obviously is a problem because if you are, what are they, 7-7, seven and seven, Carver High? If you're seven and seven, you're not Shaq, okay? So you're seven and seven. Everybody's bragging that they're gonna win the, um, you know, win the East, and they're gonna go to the playoffs, and they're gonna host a game. Uh, it's unbelievable. It is what it is. But the fact of the matter is that everyone blames Jason Garrett for everything. You blamed him. Everyone blames him. Here's the deal. 
uh, the players execute. The players go out and play the games. They're not getting it done. That defense hasn't stopped anybody. That's that's a fact. And I think that he'll be the scapegoat eventually if they don't win a playoff game. If he finishes, wins the East, and they beat, let's say, the Niners in Dallas, let's say if that game, would that be the game, Carver High? Would Dallas go there? Uh, or uh, San Francisco go to Dallas? Yes. Uh, if if the Niners beat them, Jason Garrett gets fired. If the Cowboys beat the Niners, does Jason Garrett keep his job? No. He still gets fired. I think that he needs to go to NFC Championship game to keep his job. All right, fair enough. So let's say, um, do you blame everything on their failures on him, or is there some uh, blame to go with Jerry and Stephen Jones? Oh, there's plenty of blame to go in their office. No question. Right. I think that there is. Um, the, the whole thing's a circus, really. Yeah, the whole thing is a circus, but um, you know who's who's going to take the whack here. It's it's going to be him. There's no doubt about it. Well, I think Garrett is actually, at the end of the day, fairly normal. He seems fairly steady. Like uh, I don't think he's a good coach. No, but I think he's steady. He's not the one having overreactions and giant press conferences and and meltdowns and no, media. No, he stands on the sideline doing the clapping. You know, he does, he it, does all that. It is what it is. I just think it's actually run its course, right? I, I think it's run its course. Uh, here's my a publicist is on the line. Very important to get to her. Marianne in Brooklyn, uh, Howard Stern friend. favorite. I'm calling to wish you a happy way. No, no, Mary Farrell. Mer- Mary Farrellmas. Mary Farrellmas, right. Mary Farr- I saw you posted it today, and I wanted to thank you for always giving me the opportunity to get on the air in 2019. And I just wanted to thank you. You're so kind to me, Farrell, and I really love you. I love you, too. Now, how is everyone doing over in the Howard world? They're, they're partying tonight. Tonight's Howard's Christmas party, and the show, uh, the, he had his last show also today. Did they? Uh, did they? He's going to come back in January. Do he they, has one more year, year left. Do they have the party still downtown? Uh, yes, the party's still downtown if you and me want to go crash it. <laughs> I wish I could. I always thought that was a great party every year, the Christmas party. Yeah, he uh, makes the big fish, fr- shrimp, and lobster, and a lot of fun, and right. karaoke, you know? Right. I used to go to that party every year. I loved it. Uh, I I, every day of my life, I always uh, cherish my uh, days there and, and uh, miss them so much. I love them so much. I'm a huge fan, as you know. He's the greatest influence ever. You saw me with the post this week, right, that uh, I said that uh, the only two people that matter to me yes, at all. I saw that and I retweeted it. I know yeah. that. Howard That's Stern and, nice and Neil Rogers, the, the late Neil Rogers in Miami. And, you know, Howard used to think highly of Neil, too. He knew how funny that old man was. That was the funniest guy. I think that's the funniest guy I ever met in my life in radio was Neil Rogers. But the greatest talent, in my view, the only talent that matters uh, in the history of this uh, horrible medium has been Howard. Absolutely. A 40-year-plus career, and people are still quoting him. Can I ask you a uh, football question? Yes. Are the Eagles going to make it? Because I know Richard Christie and I know his wife, uh, Kristen Christie, loves the Eagles, and I'm praying for her this year. Yeah. She really wants her Eagles to win. Are they going to win? Uh, I, I actually uh, I believe that they will beat the Cowboys this week, and if they do, Carver High, if they beat the Cowboys, will they win the East, or do they have to win both games? Uh, they would have to win both games if, uh, well, yeah. Who's their last game? Do you know? They play the Giants. The, the last Giants. Game. They'll beat them. Right. They so, have to beat the Giants. And if they lost to the Giants, then the Cowboys would have to beat the Redskins the last game of the year. Which they will. I think the game of the year for these two is is this week, 
in Philly. I like the Eagles' chances. I do not like Dallas on the road. I think Dallas looked fantastic last week in Dallas against the Rams. On the road, they're a different beast. And I'll throw this at you. The quarterback, Dak Prescott, he's been unbelievable. But doesn't he have like a broken finger on his throwing hand or something? Like, I don't like that. In cold weather, everything else. Uh, the plan would be for the Eagles to, um, in my view, kill him. Kill him dead on the football field. Sack him and brutally hurt him physically as much as possible. Throw him to the ground like a rag doll as much as possible. And then Richard Christie and his wife will have a wonderful Christmas and new, uh, new year. I think it all will work out for Richard and his heavy metal band and aspirations. Uh, Marianne, I love you. My publicist, say hi to everybody hi, at Howard Stern. Hi, Miss. I love that. Thank you for always picking up on me. You're awesome. I love you. Uh, tell Howard I said hi and send my I best to you. Beth as well. I will love you. Love you, child. My publicist, Marianne from Brooklyn. She handles all of my promotional uh, materials and uh, the promotion of my career since no one around here does anything to help me with that. I pay her in um, spades uh, to, to help promote me since I need that. A little bit of love. A little bit of juice, Mafia, is what I'm looking for here. Coming up, Ed Kratz. We'll talk to him about the Eagles, a little uh, different version of it, of the Eagles-Cowboys rivalry. Uh, with Ed. I love Marianne and uh, all my friends. I hope they have a nice party tonight. Oh, by the way, uh, Mafia, sorry I missed the uh, corporate Christmas party around here. Um, I, I chose to go to the gulag instead that night or that day or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't do the whole corporate Christmas party thing around here. When we used to have the, remember the parties down there, the alcoholism parties. Those were those were awesome. Those good parties for sure. Drugs and alcohol. That was awesome. Around here they have cheese in the kitchen. It was easy to get back to Jersey after some of those parties. That's for sure. I, I was walking one day and this guy I've never seen before. I think he works at like one of the rock stations or something upstairs. A guy walked past me. He goes, "Cheese." <laughs> I was like, "Dude, you're a loser. Don't touch me." Don't, don't, the guy was eating chunks of cheese from the plate in there that had been sitting there for 14 hours. I'm like, bro, you like syphilis, huh? You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. All right, 855-212-4227 to get on the bench. Only a couple of weeks left in the regular season. The biggest games to decide. Uh, the playoff positions are at stake. Pharrell on the bench.com is all over it. Killer picks every sport, every day. Be a member for the playoffs in January. You won't regret it. You don't want to miss out. Pharrell on the bench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. All right. Uh, Ed Kratz is our good friend uh, in Pharrell, Adelphia. He covers uh, the Eagles. He's also on SI.com and their great uh, Eagle Maven page. How you doing, Eddie? Scotty, man, good. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you, my man. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Let's get that out there uh, first. Right back at you. All right, so, uh, so Ed, what do you want for Christmas? Uh, what's the one thing you want? Like an eagle win over the Cowboys? Or are you looking for a bottle of scotch? Uh, well, I'll take the, the bottle of scotch before I take the eagle <laughs> win. Of course, watching this game, you know, might drive me to drink a bottle of scotch. That's what I believe. The last it. two weeks, I mean, you know, these nail biters they've. Had come down to the wire on, uh, you know, but they've stayed alive. You know, they've won these last two games by, by a thread and uh, it sets up the big one Sunday. So uh, how do you feel about, um, well, first of all, I want to bring up that, that last play uh, of the Washington game. I have to tell you, as you know, I have a massive gambling problem. And um, I actually had, uh, you know, Washington and six. I had Philly to win. I middled it, and I had six. And I already had it, like, in the bag. I was, like, counting money with my tongue. And uh, when he fumbled that ball, and that what was it, Brandon picked it up and, and ran 
Uh, was that who picked it up and ran back? Yep, yep. Nigel Bradham, 47 yards. What in God's name? That was, I have to tell you, I, I'm, I'm being honest when I tell you this, that was the worst, and I know everyone likes to call it a beat. Uh, I, you know what that was? That was the worst bending over I've done on a bet at the window in I clearly in 10 years. Like, I I cannot remember one bet ever in 10 years that I, I you know, felt I was so angry. I, I literally... It ruined my entire weekend. Yeah, I, and probably early part of the week, too. I'm sure you're still reeling from that. That was uh, unbelievable. What did you think when you saw that play, that guy rumbling down the sideline? Well, you know what? I don't rise to the level of your gambling degeneracy, but I, you know, I've been known to throw a few you know, shekels down, and right. uh, that was the first thing I thought of was, my God, the line was four and a half, five points. And Bradham just uh, just blew it by scooping that up and scoring. I even talked to him in the locker room afterward about it uh, and asked if he thought about that. He said, man, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just trying. We need the points. I was doing for the points. And he goes, no way was I not an offensive lineman catch me. He was watching it up on the jumbotron as he was running toward the end zone. I wasn't even sure he was going to get there. Uh, but he made kind of a dive at the one or two-yard line to get his body across the goal line before his knee touched. So, uh, you know, people like you – it had the had the points I, I felt for you. I mean, that was crazy. So, uh, do you think that uh, Ed Kratz with us, Eagle Maven on SI.com, do you think that Wentz has uh, started, like, it seems like to me that he's playing better over the last few weeks. Like, he's really uh, on his game. Am I am I wrong? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, Scotty, because he's got a whole bunch of new personnel in there. You know, he doesn't have the veterans like Alshon Jeffrey, who a lot of people thought was the anonymous source. Remember when all that stuff was happening? These anonymous right. locker room sources. And, you know, Nelson Aguilar was thought to maybe be one. He hasn't been in the lineup. Alshon Jeffrey, of course, has the list Frank uh, injury. He's going to be out for like the next eight or nine months after having surgery for that. Um, but now, you know, Wentz has these young guys in there, these practice squad guys, Greg Ward, Boston Scott. He's got a rookie in Miles Sanders. These guys are talking about him and praising him like he's the next coming of Tom Brady. I mean, he can do no wrong. Uh, and I think that's benefited Wentz. I mean, these guys might not be as talented, uh, but I think having the locker room kind of in his corner now, where as maybe it wasn't before with guys like Jeffrey and Aguilar, uh, you know, these suspected anonymous uh, source guys, uh, you know, he, he seems like, you know, instead of receivers rolling their eyes at him when he's trying to be a leader, they're actually tuned in and attentive like Greg Ward and Boston Scott. So, you know, I think from that perspective, uh, maybe he this has helped him. Uh, surely these last two games haven't hurt. I mean, he's led the team uh, down the field in the fourth quarter in overtime to win these last two games that they had to win. Uh, otherwise, this game Sunday means nothing. So I, yeah, I think maybe he's turned the corner a little bit, but I think it has to do with the personnel that's around him now. So uh, Ed Kratz with us in, in Philadelphia. Do you think that um, that they can handle their business against that Dallas offense uh, defensively this week in this huge, enormous – this is their season right here? Yeah, no I, no, I don't. I don't think the defense can match up. This defense has been kind of the big question mark. Uh, during this little modest two-game winning streak they have. You know, it's kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, they let the Giants race out to a 17-3 halftime lead on Monday night football, and then the second half they held the Giants to 29 yards of offense. This past weekend, every time the Eagles scored, they let the Washington Redskins come down and score. There were eight lead changes in this game. Uh, you look at the personnel that Dallas has, and it's, it's a mystery to me 
while they're sitting here at seven and seven. It's got to be an indictment of Jason Garrett. They're just the leadership factor, I think, is why they're there. Because you look at, you know, Amari Cooper, he's over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns. They have, you know, Michael Gallup, who's really coming into his own. He, if he has a big game on Sunday, he could go over a thousand yards. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has 11 rushing touchdowns. I mean, how in the world is this team seven and seven? You know, personnel-wise, they, they're the better team on paper against the Eagles. And the defense, I think the offense is okay. Uh, and if they can play turnover-free football, they might have a shot. And maybe if this Eagles defense can force a turnover or two and give a short field to the offense, then maybe the Eagles have a chance. But I, I don't, I'm not a big believer in it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Dallas is going to find a way to win this game uh, and win the second straight NFC East. So is the uh, Peterson love affair wearing off? Well, I think, you know, he still has a little bit of that collateral left from winning the Super Bowl two years ago. Uh, had the Eagles lost to the Giants, I mean, they got booed off the field mercilessly. And, you know, the Eagle fans, they're, they're, they'll boo you if you're not doing well. But it was as bad as I had ever heard it at halftime when they left the field down 17-3. to Had Peterson and, that, and the Eagles not come back uh, to, to win that game, had they lost, you know, 24-10 to or, you know, been beaten soundly by a two-win te- two team in the Giants, then I think maybe Peterson would be in trouble. I think Doug's back next year, um, but you know it might be a short rope next year if this team doesn't start to play better, uh, you know, and start to get back into the double-digit win area. So what about uh, all their uh, injuries and receiver problems and everything? Well, I mean, you know, Greg Ward was on the practice squad until Week 12. I mean, right. he's their leading receiver at 140 yards <laughs> for the season. That that you know, that's amazing. And they've got a rookie, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who they took in the second round, who hasn't done anything uh, all season. He played uh, about 98% of the offensive snaps on Sunday. He was targeted two times. They're just not throwing the ball to him. Uh, so, really, they're really hamstrung without the, you know, that big play weapon. They lost to Sean Jackson. No Alshon Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar is out. These, these three guys were being counted on at the start of the year right. uh, to, to be the bell cows, and they're not there. So, you know, the receiving core is, is really thin, and you saw it Sunday. The Eagles' game plan was let's throw the screen pass to our running backs. Let's use our two tight ends. Uh, Greg Ward was the only receiver to catch any passes. He, he did a good job catching them. I mean, he was 61 yards, seven catches, and, including a terrific catch in the end zone for the game winner. Uh, but, you know, it's really kind of uh, – there's not a lot of weapons out there. They don't have any speed to take the proverbial top off of a defense, and they're just kind of dinking and dunking and hoping for these long – 75-yard drives that take about 12 plays and seven minutes to score. And that's tough to do. So when they lost Jeffrey, uh, what do you think that, like, is, like the deal is, his, what was it, his Achilles? What, what has happened with him? Like, what is his future shot with them? Well, the contract he has really is, you know, the Eagles guaranteed him for next year, and he's going to count about $14 million. Uh, on their salary cap. He's going to be 30 years old. He's going to be coming off. It's, it's not the Achilles. It's a list, Frank. It's a foot injury, which um, that's better. Yeah, but it's still a, a pretty serious deal. They still have to do surgery on it. Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle that they signed from Jacksonville in the off season, uh, had one of those in the season opener, uh, and he's still not even close to coming off of IR. And you know that was back in September, September eighth. So you know I've been told by medical people that this is a nine month type of an injury. Really? Um, yeah. So if you look at that, I mean Alshon's going to be out through training camp and. Uh, he's never really been a quick healer to begin with. He had the rotator cuff surgery after the Super Bowl in 2017, and it, it wasn't until about game uh, week four or week five when he was able to come back from that in 2018. So, you know, they could be looking at Je- without Jeffrey for, you know, the first couple games of next season, and then who knows, being 30 years old, what kind of 
you know, what he's going to look like at that point. So they really, it's going to be hard for them to get out of the contract. I think they might have looked to trade him in the offseason had he stayed healthy. Uh, but there's no way there's, they're going to be able to do that now. Uh, the only way to get rid of him would be to cut him, and then th- that would leave them with a lot of dead money uh, on the salary cap, about $26 million worth. So it's about what you lost on that Nigel Bradham. <laughs> right? so, hey, I got 45 seconds ahead. Who do you like uh, in the NFC now when it's all said and done? Man, the NFC's tough. There's a lot of good teams. I mean, you know, the 49ers were looking pretty uh, pretty sweet until the, the Falcons found a way to beat them. But, you know, Julio Jones, you know, you've seen him beat a lot of teams in his career. Uh, but I like the 49ers. I like that defense. I like the way uh, Kyle Shanahan's coaching that team. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, big fan of his. I think he's, he's doing right. a great job. Uh, I think trading for Emmanuel Sanders has helped them. Uh, I like the 49ers to come out uh, of the NFC. But, you know, the Saints, you know, you always got to worry about the Saints, too. If they get home games, they're tough to beat in the Dome. uh, And and how can you count against Drew Brees, you know, the all-time leading touchdown maker in NFL history? So, uh, if anybody can beat the 49ers, I think it could be the Saints. All right, uh, Eddie, my man, that's good stuff. I love having you on the bench, as always, brother. Uh, Happy holidays again. Have a fantastic holiday with your family and friends and a safe one. Enjoy the game this weekend. Same to you, Scotty. Love being on the bench. Thank you. All right. There he is, Ed Kratz. Uh, Check him out at SI.com, Eagle Maven. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.